me is Greg here. Thank you. They call me Cuba Pete. I'm the king of a rumba beat. When I play the maracas, I go chick chicky boom, chick chicky boom. Yes, sir, I'm Cuba Pete. I'm the prince of my naked street. When I start to dance, everything goes chick chicky boom, chick chicky boom. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Unfunny nerd tangent. Hello and welcome to Unfunny Nerd Tangent. I'm your host, Greg, a.k.a. Captain Boomerang, coming to you from Austria with my chipped tooth and terrible haircut, despite the fact that my pet bird's head just fell off, as we return with number 94 of our podcast. And since it's number 94, we thought we'd use that opportunity to take a look at the monumental year of 1994, and specifically the rise of Jim Carrey. Uh, as always, I'm not only joined by me, myself, and Irene, but also by my other personalities, each of them living in Phoenix, Arizona. First up, he's an oddball detective, but these days he spends his time searching for Snowflake, stalking the Miami Dolphins, making sure everyone places the ball laces out, and practicing his slow-motion replays. He also has the worst case of hemorrhoids I have ever seen from AttackOfTheDad.com. It's Tim Markney. I just can't believe it's 1994. We're not talking about clerks again <laughs> well we'll get there it's a it's an unfunny nerd tangent podcast of course kevin smith's gonna come up so yeah put it on front street tim well done <laughs> all right um also joining us with his rubbery green face he made loki cool before the mcu a former mild-mannered bank clerk he now embraces his innermost desires to sing like desi arnaz dance with an unknown Cameron Diaz and stick exhaust pipes where the sun doesn't shine. Just be thankful he doesn't like the comics. He's the super Jew, Jared Rabinovitz. I'd like to stick it in Cameron Diaz's exhaust pipe. I mean, what was that? Smoking? <laughs> Were you smoking? <laughs> Somebody stop me. Yeah. <laughs> stop. <laughs> it's the Me Too mask. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, it's been a little while, fellas, but we are back. So, how's everyone doing since, uh, well, Birds of Prey was the last show we did? Well, well we haven't seen... going really well. Yeah. <laughs> haven't seen any uh, new movies in a while other than what, what I found on Netflix and shit. <laughs> it, it, it's... I, I saw Trolls World Tour. <laughs> it's just been all Tiger King. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I got married and the world ended. You know, that was kind of predictable. Yeah, it's like one of us got married, one of us moved house, and Tim just sort of disappeared for a bit. <laughs> I, I shaved off my beard. It was. Oh, no. You had to bring that up. I was trying to avoid it and not get angry, and you had to fucking bring that up, Tim. God damn oh, it. Fucking you can hear the difference. You. I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> now 50% less rustly. <laughs> You can lean closer to the mic now, Tim, because your your beard won't knock it over. Yes, does that does it make any difference with this the uh, the dates podcast now that you're beardless? Um, yeah, I can actually uh, I can get the whole snack. I can lick it off of my face; it doesn't just hang there. <laughs> so you have one one bearded snackologist and one without a beard. <laughs> All right. Well, 1994, as we said, was a massive year. 
for quality movies. I mean, like we said before, besides uh, Kevin Smith breaking out with Clerks, uh, 1994 also had like The Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, uh, like just huge movies when you look back at it that they all came out at the same time and, and sort of all, well, Clerks didn't, but those other movies all sort of competed for Best Picture in 94. So it's just crazy to think that, that that's all happened in that one year. But 94 is also synonymous with Jim Carrey and like the th- three of his biggest movies and pretty much the, the like the launching of his career. Um it all happened at once. So like Ace Ventura, then The Mask, and then Dumb and Dumber, like all in the one year and just launched him to superstardom. So like, I don't know about you guys, but like, when did you, when did you first come across Jim Carrey? I, it was probably right around this time, maybe a little bit later when this stuff got to video and stuff, because, you know, in, in 1994, I was eight years old. So, you know, <laughs> this stuff was a little bit above my age group, but... You know, I still, I think I still watched Dumb and Dumber. I think that was, I think I got to see that one, and I'm not sure if I saw The Mask then or, or soon after. I don't think I, I don't, I didn't watch Ace Ventura for. That was probably still a couple years after. See, in 1994, I was 12 years old, and I think that's the perfect age for all of these movies. Yeah. You can you can't possibly yeah, do so. better than than yeah. being twelve. I saw all the movies in theaters, and Jim Carrey had already been on my radar because um, I was watching In Living Color. That that show was crazy, super important at the time. Although Jim Carrey was kind of doing something different from what everybody else was doing. He was doing this weird like like goofball, almost like gross out prop comedy with his fire marshal Bill. Um, like mm-hmm. doing crazy stuff, like putting his hand in a meat grinder and, and pulling out like a ground up stump of arm. Uh, and, and it was, it was very different from what was going on with the rest of the show. Um, but that, that show was just, was just crazy important. And as a, you know, as a younger kid, like you would see stuff like homie, the clown and just like be, be riveted by living color. And of course that show launched these careers of, of so many superstars, um, including like you know, Jennifer Lopez, Jamie Foxx. Um, although like, Damon Wayans in the in the early going seemed like he was going to be the the biggest deal, but his movies never seemed to quite rise to the level of what uh, what Jim Carrey was doing. Yeah, when uh, I mean, well, I was fifteen in ninety four, but Jim Old Carrey bastard. came like yeah, I, <laughs> like I know he was in a, a bunch of smaller movies before Ace Ventura and things like that. Like he's even in the last uh, Dirty Harry movie, the Deadpool. If you if you go back and look at that, but um. Yeah, like it, it had been a year or so since I'd seen Army of Darkness. And uh, so when the trailer came on for Ace Ventura during whatever TV show I was watching at the time, probably, you know, Seinfeld or something like that, um, I honestly thought it was Bruce Campbell. And I'm like, oh, that's the guy from Army of Darkness. And, and then see the trailer <laughs> a second time. I'm like, oh, no, it's not. But because, you know, you got to remember all the TVs were only little small things at the time and, and a quick a quick you know 15 second trailer for a movie but yeah i thought um because you look at him got big teeth sort of big jaw you know overly exaggerated expressions things like that <laughs> but uh like i said i mean ace ventura was what sort of drew me to to uh jim carrey in the first place but it was only probably i don't know if it was that same year in 94 or whether it was the next year in 95 but it was probably 95 actually because 
after like Jim Carrey had actually become a big star. I remember one of the TV stations here, they actually showed like a, a greatest hits of Jim Carrey on, um, on in living color. And that was sort of the first time I'd even heard of that show even being a thing because obviously back then in 94, we didn't get every show from America. Um, and if we did, it was sort of months later, you know, like the, I think we got the Seinfeld finale, like, seven months after it aired or something like that so whereas now you can't do that shit now you get shit same day like walking dead and game of thrones and all that um but but yeah so having then having seen those movies and then watching that best of on in living color it was like oh okay that's sort of where he came from he was on that so but then yeah i was surprised to see that um yeah, Damon Wayans and Jamie Foxx and all these guys. I'm like, oh, okay, I know all these guys. So, but yeah, that was pretty cool to see like all his best bits where he's he's doing yeah, you know, Captain Kirk and and like you said, what's the name of it? He was the fitness instructor. It was a Venus or something? <laughs> he's pulling his arm out of his socket and I was like, Jesus. So, but um, Ace Ventura. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? I mean, I love the premise just the fact that he, he's, he's this guy he only takes on cases pretty much because he's such a weirdo no actual person wants to deal with him um when you did see ace ventura jared what were your sort of first thoughts you know i don't remember watching watching it i i re-watched it and just finished not long before this podcast um for the first time in probably 15 years it, it's been a while it, it was high school i think the last time i watched it and I just remember just watching this. Like I, I think I thought it was funny the first time I saw it, but now with the the ending and the amount of transphobia at the end of it, you could never make this movie now, not, not, unless you completely changed what was what the pl- premise was or the plot line was. Like, you just couldn't do that. Where, where some of the funniest bits were him like washing out his mouth after finding out and that stuff like yeah. it, 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 it's yeah. childish humor i've got a take on that but i think we'll leave that to the end because yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I can see it i see what people say about that but i have a i have a anyway we'll, we'll get to it yeah yeah <laughs> it, yeah that, it was just you know i remember i don't think i really liked it the first time i saw it like i thought it was a little bit too whack jobby and ridiculous um the other thing I can't imagine is not highbrow enough for Jared. Well, no, but but just like it, it was too wacky to actually be funny. Like it wasn't like if you compare it to something like Tommy Boy, where that there was like there was a lot of the physical comedy and stuff that Farley did, but there was also kind of some toned down spots where this never really had that balance. I feel like it's just one. Yeah, Chris Chris Farley was kind of peaks and valleys when he like he was sort of he'd be like oh he's all crazy and he's going nuts and then but then he would have parts of his movies where he was just sort of just being normal mostly yeah th- yeah, yeah. It, it was kind of it, it it balanced a little bit more and there was some emotional way you know even you know the whole thing you know you look at like Tommy Boy where it was like trying to win his father's affection type thing and. Even Beverly Hills Ninja, where it's where do I belong in the world type thing, there was something there. This didn't seem to have that. It was just all slapstick, physical, 
comedy ridiculous Yeah, it's pretty much like Jim Carrey sort of like going all out, like just throwing everything at the wall and saying, "Like I can do all of this." Like, like what part of you, you know, what part do you want to do? All of it, you know, like it's just because I think he probably thought like this is his one shot to get noticed. So, but I mean, I liked it. I loved it when it first came out, Ace Ventura. I, 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 I thought it was. I mean, I still love it, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't think any of it was kind of like. Um, well, not not to say I didn't think it was over the top because of course it's over the top. But there weren't any parts of it where I was like, "Oh, that's a bit dumb." I don't really like. That's a bit stupid. Really, you you bit. watched this and did not think that there was any need for Jim Carrey to tone it down, or that any. No one else. No one else. Fifteen. I didn't. Oh. Well, yeah, nineteen ninety four. It was this movie. I didn't know what a pet detective was, I don't think, walking into the movie. Like, I knew nothing about the premise of the movie and didn't give a shit because what I wanted was to go into a theater and spend 90 minutes watching Jim Carrey be Jim Carrey, and this movie delivered on that. Mm. And that was that was what we wanted, what we needed at the time. And, and yeah, I think we're going to go into why a lot of stuff hasn't hasn't aged very well at all. But in, in 1994, this, like, it, it felt like, you know, this this was the the, the cutting edge of comedy and also like this incredible showcase for what this this new singular talent was ready to bring to us and really yeah. all I mean, was, it was just over the top it, it, was oh, just... it, it, it absolutely is but i mean it, it's like a series i think when daryl was on our um was it was it the princess bride show i remember it was daryl that said it but like the princess bride it's like a series of scenes like that's the way he saw the movie it's like here's the sword fighting scene and here's you know the 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 torture scene and and all that and then it, they sort of strung it together as a movie which i mean i think i think he sort of maybe oversimplified it a little bit for the princess bride but i know what he meant whereas this movie seems a little bit like that as well it's like we need a scene where he can do some impressions we need something where he can sort of mangle his face up we need something where he can you know um do a dance or whatever you know things like that and he's just sort of gone with it so but yeah yeah there were there were certain scenes going back watching it where I, I could not remember for the life of me what the point of the scene was it's like why why do we need a side where we go and like um you know visit this this home for the mentally ill like what what does that even do besides give us a that's one of my you know let jim carrey <laughs> act that way yeah, but <laughs> well, really, any other movie, like if you look at it as if it was a straight movie or even just a regular comedy, for instance, when he goes into the pool, the empty pool, any other movie, he would go into the pool. There'd be a couple of like comedy movie. There'd be like a couple of wisecracks or whatever, and he would find the little um, the stone from the Super Bowl ring, and that'd be it. You know, whereas this one, he gets in, he's doing Captain Kirk, he's doing Bones and Scotty. You know, and then he gets out and the reporter's asking him about shit. And all of a sudden he he saves the day by pretending to be this German dolphin trainer, you know, <laughs> and he's talking like the dolphin and all that kind of shit. Like you would have none of that in any in a regular movie, even like a, another quote unquote like whack, wacky sort of oddball comedy. I can't see anyone else really having having it sort of inserted that into the script. And um, from from all any research I could do, basically it does seem like Jim Carrey sort of had a, a lot of, uh, like a, he had a lot of say in rewriting the, like the script basically. Um, it wasn't necessarily like, okay, here's, 
here's the new script, but I'm going to do this here and here's a chance to do this. So, you know, a bit like um, do they reckon a lot of the, the old Mork and Mindy scripts, it just says like Robin does something and they just off, off, off they go. <laughs> just go nuts. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, do you like this sort of like Ace himself, like as a character, like, you know, I mean, his look is 100% 90s comedy, even late, even late 80s, really. Like yeah. the hair, the Hawaiian shirts, all that sort of thing. How, how does that, I mean, I, like to me personally, it seems like something that would be dated really quickly. But um, having watched it again, I, I think Jim Carrey sort of makes it work somehow. Maybe it's because they're in Florida or I don't know. Like what do you guys think about Ace as an actual character? Yeah, if you look closely, those outfits are super super set of an unbuttoned hole with a wife beater with like pleated pants held up with a belt like higher than his belly button it's like nobody's gonna pull that off besides jim carrey and in a way it kind of accentuates like the weird movements and stuff like that but but yeah the, as well yeah yeah and the yeah the, the the boots with like the pants tucked into the boots like like none of it i'm not even sure if it quite makes sense for like what he's supposed to be which is this guy who's like I don't know, super into animals, but also, <laughs> I don't I also, also just like, a, you know, a vehicle for any kind of impression or, or pop culture reference or whatever weird non sequitur behavior Jim Carrey decides to pull up his ass at any given moment. Um, and, and yet like that, that character always did kind of work for me. Yeah. He did kind of have that, like, um, that Florida private oddball private eye kind of look going, but beyond that, like it, they try to do too much. Like, okay, he's the weird pet guy. He does weird voices and impressions. He does weird physical comedy. He, he's like the character is too much to also be some sort of detective genius. Like, like if you have a, a little smattering of those things, it's one thing. It seems like it's just every kind of thing that would set you apart from society and be weird, he's got. And then somehow is a really good detective and somehow is able to uh, bang a young Courtney Cox. I, I'm not buying it. <laughs> See, I'm I'm buying the detective thing. I'm not buying the Courtney Cox thing. Like, the, the, the romance, like, mm. really doesn't doesn't work or make sense at all. It, it absolutely makes sense that, that, you know, he would accept payment in the form of blowjobs uh, from a client. But... The the Courtney Cox thing like that's yeah the, it's it's hard to buy him as a romantic lead because he's he's so completely ridiculous that like you can't you can't seriously and he does not seem to emotionally invest in any of the human characters at any time so like that that kind of removes it from a layer too. It does seem to be a little bit like you know the, all the greatest detectives or all the greatest. Um you know, minds of our time and all that kind of stuff are always like complete weirdos. Like, you know, like, a, um, uh, you know, like Sherlock Holmes, things like that, you know, house, you know, house is, he's this brilliant doctor, you know, but he's a complete fucking narcissist and he's a bit strange and all that. I mean, the way Robert Downey Jr. played, um, Sherlock Holmes, especially that kind of thing. I can see that even, um, Poirot as well, to a degree. In a lot of that, you know, he's a bit odd. So, you think yeah. Cumberbatch and Robert Downey Jr. fought about that on the set of Avengers? They were just like, they, fuck yeah. you, fuck you, I was a better Sherlock. Yeah, <laughs> they were just going at it, goatee to goatee, like. Yeah, and then because uh, and well, Doctor Strange isn't in Civil War, but uh, Martin Freeman is, 
and he was yeah. uh, Watson. So yeah, that would be interesting if they ever cross paths. <laughs> I doubt it, but anyway. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I liked it. I like I like Ace just as a a character. I like that he's kind of a dick as well. Um, which most of Jim Carrey's characters are, if you look at them, they're all kind of like they're not really nice people when you break it down, but because he's so funny, you sort of love him. And that's part of the reason why you love him, I think, is because like, oh, like he's doing like I wish I could say that to my boss or I could wish I could act like that to people and get away with it. That's all. It's it's like wrestling, you know. It's why like a lot of the heels become baby faces because, you know, the rock was was a bad guy. He was so cool as a bad guy laying shit on people, people cheered for him. So, and like Austin, he was so good at being a, a bad guy who broke all the rules and did what you weren't, what you weren't supposed to do and flipped off his boss and that sort of thing. And so people cheered for him. So, but yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I liked Ace. I think he was much like everything you were saying before Jared about how maybe they could have toned it down a little bit or, 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 or maybe, have a few peaks and valleys or maybe not go all out all the time. That's sort of how I felt about the sequel, actually. Um, I thought that was a little bit like, oh, okay. Like it was a bit too much repetitiveness of, of the same jokes and, and, and things, but, but yeah. But how do you think the movie uh, like works as an actual movie? Like, do you think the, 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 uh, the plot but like the mystery plot or whatever, do you think it works, or is it just a big excuse for Jim Carrey to kind of do the rubber face and the impressions and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, it, it doesn't really work. Like, I I think it would have been. There's a way you can work a pet detective character like this. I don't think this one where the NFL is having some bringing in a pet detective to investigate the missing Miami dolphin. Let alone the fact that nowadays yeah. the Miami dolphins can't actually have dolphins, just like they were discussing in 1994 where the, you know, the animal rights activists won't let it happen. You definitely can do that in 2020. I looked it up, Jared, from 1966 to eight, they had an dolphin mascot named but that was like it didn't make it any any longer than that. Like it was, they they knew it was a bad idea after like two years, and well, and we're like we can't we, we can't this. And think about this: there is no way in hell the NFL right now is letting a movie like this get made with their logos, images, and stuff get used. It's just not happening. Because they, I I don't know if they did they have NFL. They they used the word Super Bowl, but I'm not sure mm. if they said NFL. They definitely well, said Miami Dolphins. Yeah, they said the, Washington Redskins. They're using yeah. NFL trademarks that it has to go through the NFL league office, and it just wouldn't happen now. You can th- There's a reason why no corporation, when they're advertising for the Super Bowl, says the Super Bowl unless they're an NFL partner. It's because they have to say the big game because you have to pay the NFL for the license. There's no way that mm. would. They let something like this movie get done. Um, you know, if, if you toned it down a little bit, maybe they would have. Like if the plot was a little different, um, like if, like like if you made it more of a cutesy like kids comedy about you know a pet detective, then maybe, but not this type of thing. How do you guys? Although feel this about, did this like... get adapted to a Saturday morning show a few years. So there was there oh, was Ace Ventura for kids. Yeah, yeah. 
And then, then they did a movie where he is a kid, didn't they? Where it's they got a kid to be like Ace Ventura. I don't know if it was Ace Ventura Junior or it was like a, a prequel or something. It was a movie where like it was a kid being like, "All righty then." It's like, "Oh, shut up! I want to punch that kid." Like, Ace Ventura, <laughs> Pet Detective Junior, two thousand nine. There you go. So he must be his son or whatever. Yeah. But how do you guys feel like just with the NFL stuff? I always wonder like, how do you guys feel when stuff like that crops up in movies? And you'd be like, well, in the, the big game when, you know, Ray Finkel didn't kick the ball and all this, you, you guys sort of watching it being like, that didn't happen. Because, like, over here, because we're sort of removed from it, it just seems like, oh, whatever. It's sort of, it's also part of, like, a made-up, like, thing as well as the rest of the movie, you know? But, like, does it sort of throw you guys off to be like, hang on a sec? Yeah, it, 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 it did. It's like, wait a second. Miami Dolphins were never within a field goal of winning the Super Bowl. They got trounced, mm. <laughs> They were they lost ten to the Washington Redskins. Actually, yeah, in the in the in the highlight reel, they say the 49ers, and they're kind of like they're. I was I was I was looking all this stuff up because I wanted to know like this this Super Bowl maneuver. Um, it was what was it? Super Bowl seventeen was was the one that they were supposedly showing highlights from. But there are some. They're not all the way accurate on like what year that happened as far as what they say in the movie. Um, but the Dolphins were in that Super Bowl. They lost by ten to Washington. It did not come down to a field goal. But, like, the way that it's presented in the movie, the way we get those highlights and stuff like that, it all, like, it feels very real. It feels very realistic, like, how how sports is, like, depicted in the film. And 100%, if there was a situation where a Super Bowl was lost on a missed kick like that, that person would absolutely get hounded and get death threats for the rest of their well, life to the point of insanity, to the point yeah. of needing to become someone else. So, like, in a, in a weird way, like, this movie, watching it, like, through the lens of modern wokeness becomes this story of a of a trans person who, like – rises to the you know the the top elite levels of two different like like extremely conservative macho male dominated fields only to finally succumb to mental illness and it's a, it's a tragedy well it, 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 i mean it did happen to the buffalo bills you, you act like this didn't actually happen oh yeah well so so who is who is that kicker uh scott norwood so you got your scott norwood you got like your your uh, your bill buckner who who um you know, famously messed things up for the Red Sox uh, in the World Series. Um, you've got uh, like Steve Bartman, the who caught the foul ball, uh, like costing the Chicago Cubs that playoff series. Um, like these, like it's like life gets very hard for these people. Yeah, there's a guy here when uh, I went to our rugby league grand final a few years ago, where the Brisbane team was was. Um... In it. Now, Adam Hess actually was there. We went because we, we went to Sydney. He came to it with me. And yeah, they, were, they went in extra time and they kicked off. And one of the Broncos guys, he just dropped the ball right in front of the sticks or all the posts, which means um, uh, it's a scrum feed, which means the other team gets the ball. And then, of course, you could just kick a field goal and win the game, which is exactly what happened. So everyone's always like, oh, don't kick it to Ben Hunt. He'll fucking drop it again. Like everyone just poured on this poor guy and it's like yeah but that's one mistake you don't blame you don't blame the guy that dropped the ball on the 10 in the 10 minute mark but you blame the guy who dropped the ball at the 82nd minute mark you know so but yeah tim you're absolutely right like these days especially like people would just be vilified from post to post for any little thing like that and their careers would be over in an instant so 
But, I mean, we look at some of the highlights of Ace Ventura. I mean, I just sort of made a quick few notes of, of what I, what sort of stood out to me as I was re-watching it. But, I mean, we sort of touched on the opening scene when he's the UPS guy and he saves the little dog from from uh, from you know the the big dude and then of course yeah takes payment in the form of blowjobs from from that woman <laughs> <laughs> and um start being the Star Trek guys in the pool like that his his Scotty and Bones uh, I'm like yeah whatever but his Shatner is gold I love it uh, just and that's a, like obviously when we saw that um footage from In Living Color it's like oh okay now I understand why he was doing that in Ace Ventura because that's something he would do on that show. But um, how do you guys feel about like these little catchphrases, like "all righty then" and all that? Like to me, it sort of was everywhere for a while. Everywhere. Uh, and, and then all now it's something people. If you said that now, it's a bit like Michael Scott, how he keeps you know the whole like, "Oh, that's what she said." <laughs> that sort of thing. Right. It's become this like, "Oh, he's that guy that says that thing still." Yeah, it's like it's like all the Doctor Evil catchphrases, but like like even more dated. You could not walk into a situation and like, all righty then. Well, the, yeah. The, the, I think some... we should all say it. We should all just do our best all right then right now. You go, Greg. <laughs> Mine's like, all righty then. <laughs> all righty then. <laughs> but the like funny the, thing uh... is that as, as much as like these, like the catchphrases have completely worn out, but that, that sort of shtick, that energy, it's, it's very much like, you you can see like a lot of what Jim Carrey does in these movies in what Ryan Reynolds is still doing like that that kind oh, of shtick absolutely. like just and, and I mean it comes in, and Bruce Campbell is very much that, that same kind of thing you know like acting with your with your your teeth and your chin and doing your comedy that way you know mm. but uh, but that that very much comes through and even like with with Reynolds I mean they're they're both Canadian um, Jim Carrey by the way in these movies is like he's so much more Canadian than you remember. He can't say things like 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 every time he says sorry, it's like it's like oh shit, this guy's really fucking Canadian. Well, Ryan Reynolds does that little head tilt like kink uh, that, that Jim Carrey does as well, like on certain words, you know, like when they um, emphasize stuff, um, you know, like oh what is it? He's like um, some of his lines, it's like well I had to be there, that sort of stuff. You know, he'll his little head will kink to the side. Like Ryan Reynolds does that quite a lot as well but not not to the degree that like jim carrey overemphasizes it but yeah uh, that's a good uh, a good point tim like ryan reynolds is very much like sort of a a toned down um jim carrey in a lot of ways yeah and and while we're on ryan reynolds um a a completely uh, random connection to ryan reynolds is that uh ann fletcher who directed ryan reynolds in the proposal uh, um was the singing cop from the mask Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you think, though, if you think of, um, obviously, the age is a lot different, but if you say, like, 35-year-old Bruce Campbell or 35-year-old Jim Carrey, put them in the Deadpool suit, and there's your movie, yeah, that would work, I think, to a degree. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah. it would, they're very much the similar type of thing. Like, Bruce Campbell's probably a little bit too, like... He comes across more as uh, like Bruce Campbell's characters come across more abrasive. I think like he's more actively trying to be an asshole in a lot of cases. 
um, which is just Bruce Campbell's um, character, I think, which is the way, you know, you look at any of his Q&As and he just lays shit mercilessly on his fans and every little question, it's it's hilarious. But he's so charming about it and he's funny. People, you know, oh, Bruce, you know. Whereas if there's anyone else, they'd be like, that guy's a complete dick. But I think yeah. A, yeah, a Deadpool movie starring Bruce Campbell in like 1998 would have been pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was supposed to be the Phantom, but he wasn't. He, but he wasn't a, the studio. Was, he was wasn't a big enough name, so they were like, "Ah, eh, get Billy Zane." Like, Billy Zane. Whereas you put Bruce Campbell in that Phantom movie, and it's already ten times better because the movie is like shitty around Billy Zane, and so if you have a <laughs> shitty movie around Bruce Campbell, that's what he does. Like. He makes these shitty movies amazing because of what he does. So, like, fuck, that would have been awesome. Anyway. Yeah, the Phantom would have been an absolute cult classic. Yeah, that just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, could, I just, it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, man, we missed out on that. That would have been amazing. So, but, um, yeah, what else do we have? Like the, the <laughs> Ray, um, Ray, Ace speaking through his ass, you know. <laughs> With Tone Loke, like that's still that's still cracking me <laughs> T- up. But, Tone uh, Loke, there, there's a dated thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, and the whole like, uh, you know, I'm looking for Ray Finkel, and the gun comes out, you know, and a clean pair of shorts. Like that still <laughs> makes me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> that might be my I, favorite part I, of the whole movie. I do still like the uh, over exaggerated um, football thing at, at the mental institution where he's he's in the. Tutu oh, in yeah. the slow motion reenactment. Like That's that. amazing. You can see the, them cracking up in that too. If you yeah. watch that again, Courtney Cox like looks at her feet and like she's laughing. And they obviously were like, well, we're not going to get that again. But you know, it, like, it's so. almost in character because she's trying to let Ace do the Ace thing and she knows he's just being ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the doctor who's got to stay stone faced in that situation. Like he's he's got to be you know he's got to be sensitive to these issues. Yeah, I just it, it's not so much the replay that cracks me up where he's like Roar, and backwards again, but then he starts talking backwards. He's like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like just sits down again and does the whole scene backwards. That's what cracks me up the most. But yeah, and just the way like that's one as well where he's running and you know, when he's running in slow mo and his eyebrows and his face, you're like fuck. Dude is made of rubber. So I do like um, Petulant Ace being a dick as well when um, he, it looks like his lead has turned up as nothing and Courtney Cox is like, you're just angry because what you thought was going to happen didn't happen. And he's like, oh, really? You know, and then <laughs> she's like, well, I have to, and he's got the dog and she's like, well, I have to leave. Or, I think you should leave. And he's like, why? So you can beat him? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, in that... In that same scene, he calls her fat, which is like, which is like this, like a, a complete head scratcher. It's like, dude, really? Like this is this is like Courtney Cox. She's like completely like there's, there's not an ounce of body fat on this person except maybe in the boobs area. Yeah. Like, why don't you cry about it? Yeah. Saddlebags? Yeah, I, like, I, like, really? Like, I don't, I don't think like that's gonna hurt her feelings at all because she's like, dude, like, I, I've looked in a mirror lately. Like, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> you have to, have to try harder. <laughs> But just, yeah, that's, that's what I was talking about before, where it's like, yeah, Ace is just, he's become this little, like, pissed off little little kid, and he's just lashing out, but yeah. But I, I, I mean, that dinner scene as well, where he's actually looking for Snowflake, the shark, and, and heads in, and it's the shark, 
like the whole uh you know don't embarrass me part and he's like oh what like this and does all this freak shit and then the guy the 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 waiter or whatever opens the door and he's like talking about the love boat and all the characters and all that like that cracked me up as well so but i mean then the mission impossible once the mission impossible music hits that's that's always going to get a laugh out of me as well any sort of comedians that do that stuff i think it was it wayne's world used it as well i think it was a similar kind of thing too where like the spy stuff they're doing is really inept like you know jim carrey is like not doing anything sophisticated at all he's just kind of goofing off yeah, he very jumps much back like, and forth on the railings yeah. and all that just to walk through the door. That's like just there. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot like Garth being like, I fell on my keys. <laughs> yeah. Ow. 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 <laughs> well, I love the Jaws reference as well, obviously. Um, when, when he's in the tank and it's just dragging him back and forth. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I think that's one of the shots from the trailer that made me think it was Bruce Campbell, probably because like, I think in the trailer that I saw, you see the shark come out and the teeth, and then you see him be like, oh, and the close-up. And I thought, oh, that's very much like an army of darkness, like Ash. Like, I'm frightened, you know, like because, you know, sort of face. So that might have been what, what sort of initially made me think it was Bruce Campbell. But uh, how, do you, how do you like the rest of the cast in, in Ace Ventura? We spoke about Courtney Cox, but, I mean, Tony Logue turns up. you got Dan Marino. Um I love Dan sure Reno saying Dan Reno saying I get hit in the head a lot. Like that was that was an yes. incredible line. But also like in the in the modern context of football players and CTE, that's like, whoa, you know, maybe maybe Dan Marino was onto something. <laughs> and I, I don't know why, but I always remembered uh, Sean Young as being Lara Flynn Boyle. I, I, I'm a one man Mandela effect on this one where like I, uh, I really thought it was somebody else. But you're thinking of uh, Wayne's World again. That's yeah, why. that's 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 exactly why. Yeah. I think about Wayne's World a lot, Greg. Because Wayne... <laughs> Wayne's World was first, wasn't it? What was that, 92, I think? Yeah, I think so. I think that had come and gone, and then Ace Ventura kind of came out. Yeah. That's right, because, yeah, everyone was like, oh, Mike Myers kind of disappeared for a little... Well, you know, movie-wise and stuff like that, he kind of disappeared for a while because he did Wayne's World, and then that, what is it, I married an axe murderer, and that sort of didn't do much. And then, he, then when he came back with uh, Austin Powers, it's like, oh, this guy's great. And all of my friends are all like, he's the guy from yeah. Wayne's World. What are you talking about? He, he was great for a while, and then he did Love Guru. And how was that? <laughs> oh, he's, he's, he's never come back from that. We'll, we'll still yeah. see what Oh, he's in the Queen movie? Come on. Oh. <laughs> Just so they can make the meta joke of kids banging their hair in their cars. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to listen to this. They want to listen to songs and bang their head in their cars. It's like, okay, we get it. Because he's the guy from Wayne's World. It's like one of the most meta things in any movie I've ever seen. And he's Scottish, so it just sounds like Shrek. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Sean Young, who, Tim, you probably will remember from the fact that she crazied her way right out of the Catwoman role for Batman Returns. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. You didn't? Oh, yeah, she was like, I want to be Catwoman. So she turned up on, like, the Warner Brothers lot dressed as Catwoman with the whip and all that. It was like looking for Tim Burton. Like, where's Tim? I'm going to, you know, I'm going to audition for Catwoman. And everyone was like, what the fuck is going on? Wow. And the the rumor is that Tim Burton hid under his desk like George Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> and just, she couldn't find him, so she left. And they were just like, get her the fuck out of here. Wow. Because she was she was Vicky Vale originally. And then they, they um, 
they did a horse riding scene or something like that. She fell off and like broke her collarbone or broke her hip or something like that. And then they had to bring in Kim Basinger, oh, bass singer. Sorry, <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. So she was like, "Well, I'll be Catwoman instead," and then just went, yeah, went full crazy. It's really kind of a sad story, and then and then like has to kind of settle for the role of uh, Lois Einhorn slash Ray Finkel in uh, in Ace Ventura: Bad Detective. Yeah. Where people can use him as Lara Flynn Boyle. Yeah. <laughs> and then get, what, CGI um, cloned for um, Blade Runner, whatever it was, 2056 or... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, yeah, <laughs> with Batista. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I do like the fact that... Um, the, the way Ace pieces the story together and sort of hunts down the missing stones from the Super Bowl rings and then the suspect is Ray Finkel and then that sort of brings the whole rivalry back to, with with uh, Einhorn um, being full circle because she is Ray Finkel and all that. But then, of course, you get the, you get the scenes that we were talking about before where Ace is, like, disgusted by the fact that, you know, and things like that and then of course the ending where they're all like oh everyone's vomiting and you know oh. scratching their tongues and things like that but like well, how they, do you, they play they how... play the music from the crying game which which is a uh, like that's a pretty nuanced take on this subject um and and you know there's there's no nuance here it's absolutely played for like cheap gags and laughs and uh yeah it's it's really you know we're presented with this idea that like because you know, we think she's biologically a man. That means that that you know she'd just be like humiliated and beaten. And I mean, I guess you know she is also trying to. Well, she does murder a guy and is going to try to murder like another guy and a dolphin and maybe Ace. Um, but Ace at least kind of has it coming. You found um, Captain Winky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still fun. Yeah. I don't know. Here's is what I think. Like, I know. Like, I mean people will say what they want and like yeah if you just show it to someone like now who's like i don't know 16 or 17 or whatever they'll be like oh my god this movie is just so transphobic at the end of it and all that kind of thing but i think the like the point that i i bring up is like yeah but like when she's like putting the moves on ace and all that and he's like oh your gun is digging into my hip like all this <laughs> stuff yeah like, <laughs> he thinks she's a woman so or a biological woman, whatever we want to, whatever terms yeah. you want to use, right? Um, I don't mean to offend anyone that's listening, but you know, I'm just a 41 year old guy, so you know, to, don't mean to, anything. To by Ace, it. he has he, it is a woman and has no reason to suspect at that point anything else. <laughs> that's what I mean. So, like when I say like he's she's a woman, he's a man, whatever. I know it's like well, yeah, trans yeah. women are women, all that kind of stuff. Okay, I get all that, but for just yeah. you know. For the sake of just me being me, whatever. Um, okay, so he thinks she's a woman, right? So then, when he finds out that she isn't, or she wasn't, she's or she wasn't, whatever, said she's Ray Finkel, and like it's not the gun digging into his hip. Um, like he's yeah, he's freaked out and he's disgusted and all that. And same with all the guys at the end that are all vomiting and spitting like Tone Loke and all that. Like, oh, yuck, all that. But then I always thought it was meant to be that like, well, she's kissed all of them or she's whatever. 
you know, giving them a blowjob or whatever it is, all that. And now they realize that, like, she's not the woman that they thought she was. She's actually Ray Finkel. So they're freaked out by it because they didn't know. Like, it's a, it's different to know that this is a trans woman and then be like, oh, yuck. Like, yeah, okay, that's, that's like, that's not good at all. You got to, you know, that's different. But I think, like, the fact that they didn't know and are kind of only now finding out and they're not gay or they're not attracted to men or trans women or whatever i don't know i don't think it's as bad as people try to make it out to be like it's not i don't think it's actively trying to be like trans people are awful aren't they disgusting yuck like it's just like oh what she's she's a man she's got a penis like i didn't know that jesus christ but then then you've got all the cops and stuff that puke and stuff at the reveal so it's not like they just went. Yeah, because she's oh. done the rounds of the of the police station. That's the way I took it. Like she, the same way she does does with Ace. Like yeah. she's used her sexuality and stuff. So they are all sort of having like Ace has the reaction earlier in the movie when he finds out. They then have that reaction. That's when they find out. So they're all having that like reaction at the same time. We do we do have that basis in the movie to to kind of. Like we, we understand that that she has at different points used her sexuality to kind of advance her, her plot to get what she wants. So trans people are trying to just live as their truest self. They're not trying to trick you into sex for, for the most part. No, no, no. I no, think no. that's but like, Einhorn is yeah. in this movie. That's what I mean. Like so, it, it, it's it's a it's a product of its time and things like that. But like the character, like Einhorn, is definitely doing that because it's Ray Finkel who hid away and had to like disguise himself as somebody else and things like that and it's and it's not like that's how that's the idea is like how did ray finkel rise to the top of the police department like this and the the movie almost presents it not not even as that that ray finkel was um was trans all along but that ray finkel was just someone who seized this opportunity uh became this woman because this was an identity that he could easily assume yeah Um, exactly yeah and that that this this was this was all part of the plot to this this plot to mm. eventually kill Dan Marino somehow involved a dolphin. Yeah, it, it was to, to perpetrate a crime. It wasn't a genuine yeah. thing. But like Ray Finkel isn't really a trans person. And Ray Finkel is like deceiving everyone because he's a murderer. He wants to pretend to be Lois Einhorn to kill Dan Marino. So it's like I don't know. But but I think I think the the reason that it's problematic is because it blurs the line of of like how we understand trans people because I think that yeah. I think that a lot of a lot of transphobia comes from the fact that people don't want to feel tricked. Yeah, you today like the prism of today, like absolutely, you watch the movie Cold and it's like yeah okay yeah like, but I just think like it, it cops more shit than it should I think at the moment that I, movie. But I just had to say even without that, it doesn't hold up well to. to now like it just it's it's just not that funny like like for comedy it was just so wacky that and you know dan marino himself is a dated reference and like (laughs) you know the whole plot is somebody trying to kill dan marino he'd be like all right how's tom brady (laughs) i mean (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they remade the movie today, set it in Tampa and somehow involve Tom Brady, it would be pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to dress as a pirate. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not making excuses for it or anything, or saying that people are wrong for feeling the way they feel about that the ending of the movie. And like I said, I've got no real frame of reference for it. I don't, I don't know. That's my take of it. I, I kind of see it as a bit like like Tropic Thunder. You're sort of laughing at these people in the movie, yeah. like and their their terrible reactions, not necessarily with them, but. But Tropic uh, Tropic Thunder is totally is. different. Tro- Tropic Thunder, they were, they were pointing out the issues with that stuff versus this was just playing it up for laughs. I, I think that's where it becomes a problem is, and just the way they handle it. Like I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's part of it was part mm-hmm. of a scheme and stuff. I just don't think. It, I don't think it comes across well now, regardless of whether or not what the intent was or anything like that. It's just not. It doesn't fit anymore. It, it, it wouldn't be. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah. get the laughs at this point in time. Yeah. No, even, I agree but with but that. Even, like you can't. Even sort of, in its time, even in its time, it had this feeling of kind of punching down. And for that to be the climax of the movie, to be like this, the the, the big you know comedy payoff of like everything we've seen before, like that, it. Yeah. Even at the time, something something about it felt a little a little not quite right. Like this this is the. You know, this, this, I don't know. This is this is the whole big payoff. This is the whole thing, yeah. Um, and and yeah, we could, we could probably move on from this, but but uh, yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we, we like, probably need like to get to the to, other I two to, like, movies. Just, I did just add in some kind of disclaimer about how like we like you know like like I think I think the three of us are all sort of like in the process of like evolving on how we understand this issue. So you have to excuse us for you know as clumsy as we may be at this point. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I said before. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying like, oh, it's nothing. People are overreacting. Like, get over it. Like, not at all. Like, it's just, I'm just saying. Like, I, I think a lot of people are being a, like, not everyone, but I think some people are being a little bit oversensitive or taking it as if the movie was made today, and, and in today's climate, when you know, 1994. Like, yeah, there were trans people, but not, not to say that there weren't as many or any of that sort of nonsense. But it, it wasn't in the public eye. Yeah. And things like that, the way that it is today, or accepted the way it is today, which obviously it's a lot better now than it was, by all means, and so it should be, and all that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, you know, look, right, like I, I it is what it is. Yeah, if yeah. anyone's offended by what we said, we didn't mean it that way. We're just trying yeah. to talk about a silly I, movie with Ace Ventura. And, and I, 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 I feel good. I feel good that we had the conversation. At least. Yeah. Sorry, Jared. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, you know, like, I don't know that I hold it against anybody who did the movie. Like, it's not like a you know, oh, they need to be, you know, canceled because of this. It's just, it doesn't hold up well, given the transition from, to what we are, to where we are now. Like, you know, it probably wasn't, it wasn't great in 94 for that stuff. And I'm sure, you know, considering how far we've come, it just doesn't translate well now. And that that's what I think it is. Yeah, it's I mean, not- like, look at Jay and Silent Bob. You go back and look at Clerks and Morats and some of this, and stuff like that, and some of the stuff that Jay says, it's like, hmm. You know, there's stuff like that everywhere. But yeah, I think think that's the difference between it being made then and trying to make it now. If you try to make it now, it's a bigger problem than it's the same thing. Now it's a bigger problem than what it was when it when it was made. It's that you're now aware of it now that you're more aware of it. and It's more of a thing in culture to still try and do it would be a problem. Well, now it would be a conscious decision to have that. Yeah. in a movie like oh look we're gonna make this happen like this this is what we're saying about this it's like no, 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 no. so that would be yeah that's when you would jump on the band not on the bandwagon but you would jump down up and down on the soapbox and be like this movie is awful and here's why and it's like yeah i would totally agree in that case 
But like we said, it was 94, it was a different time. There's, I don't think there's really any intention of, of what people are making it out to be. But, yeah, you, it's like you go watch some of the Looney Tunes cartoons, you know, um, from back in the day, and it's like, whew. I mean, Speedy Gonzalez alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, we'll leave it at that. Um, any quick thoughts on the on the sequel of, of Ace Ventura? I mean, we won't get into it, but, I mean. I don't just, know that I ever watched it. Liked it, didn't like it. I don't believe I ever watched it. <laughs> no, okay. I, 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 I never liked the fact that he didn't like bats. Like, why, why all animals but bats? I was and then also because he was the you know the Riddler. That was my thing. Oh, I was sort of trying to play off that. Was that was that before he was? That was after. Because he... after Dumb and Dumber, uh, he was in Batman Forever. Batman Ooh. Forever was. 95. 95. Then, yeah. Ace Ventura. And then Ace Ventura is 95 as well, but at the end of 95. Oh, all right. Yeah, that's okay. That'd be pretty good then if that's the reason why he didn't like bats. I never like, I never made that I connection. Think, I feel like we had this conversation before. As well. I feel like we've yeah. had this conversation before on Batman podcast. It, it sounds like something that we would have talked about before. Like if, I also, feel like Yank threw it in his, oh, and in Ace Ventura. Uh, Jim Carrey didn't like bats because he was in this movie and they played off of it. Like, I feel like we had this conversation. That's what's called Batman Forever, Jared. Oh, God. <laughs> it never ends. It never you know, ends. Not... <laughs> All right, well, I but mean, the, the in rhinoceros, general, I still... The, the rhinoceros scene from Ace Ventura 2 still, <laughs> like, that's that's one of the funniest things that I ever saw, you know, in its in its moment. It was, it was just, like, you know, nonstop, like... I don't know how long is the actual scene, like like two and a half minutes, that I'm just like yeah. laughing hysterically. Then uh, I, I do like it when he's singing "Chitty Chitty Bang Bang" in the uh, in the off road thing, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, and uh, oh, Bumblebee Tuna, Bumblebee Tuna, I like all that stuff. He's like, "Your balls are showing." <laughs> crack up at that. Uh, see that movie too. People probably will watch that now and be like, "This movie is racist and disgusting against you know the African uh, nation of wherever they were." You know, it's like, yeah, it probably is. But again, is that the intention? Mm, I don't know. I'm sure it wasn't. Not that it matters, but still, you can pick any movie apart if you dig deep enough into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ace Ventura obviously kicked off Jim Carrey as sort of. Like people started to notice him, and then all of a sudden, this other movie started coming out, and the trailers were like, "There's Jim Carrey with like a green face, and he's sort of like a Looney Tunes guy. What the hell is this?" But like, I remember that movie was a the mask was like a big deal, not just because it was uh, Jim Carrey's sort of like follow up movie, but like Tim, do you remember like the spe- how it was all about the special effects and things like that? Like, look what they're doing in this movie, and there were a lot of tie-ins around the time. I remember seeing uh, an episode of Married with Children where all of a sudden, like, there was one scene and, like, um, Al Bundy and the rest of them all had, like, the mask, like, facial reactions and shit like that for a minute. Like, that that shit was everywhere. Oh, man, that's pretty cool. And, the you know, the funny thing is that that's you could do all that with a Snapchat filter today. Yeah. Which is <laughs> live. So, some yeah. of the CGI yeah, yeah, watching that was, was brutal. But, the you know, um, I didn't think it was – I didn't – think it held up that bad like I, you know even watching it like on a modern 4k tv i mean obviously just streaming but uh the i think because the cgi was meant to be cartoony in the first place it it doesn't look 
so bad. Like, I'm sure that the CGI in the mask is going to hold up better than the CGI in, say, like, X-Men Origins Wolverine, um, where you have the balloon animal claws, uh, you know, stuff like that. There's, there's, it was, it was kind of, it was, it was cutting edge, groundbreaking stuff from the time. I, yeah, I remember, like, I probably read, like, you know, articles in, like, a bunch of different magazines about how industrial light and magic was doing all this revolutionary stuff for Jim Carrey and the mask. Um, but but I, I still like it. I still think for the most part it looks good. Yeah, and I, at the I time like I liked it. I liked the mask, but each time I see it, I like it a little less. Like I just I remember yeah. when it first came out, I'm like, this movie's great, and then like I watched it again, I'm like, ah, yeah, it's pretty good, and then probably didn't see it for a long time, and then watched it, shit, maybe seven or eight years ago, and thinking like, because eh, well. Like and then, of course, then, watched it again the other day for this, and I was like, yeah, I'm, it's not bad, but I'm just like, eh, it's sort of, I don't know. I'm like, back then, once you've seen a, the a, bits, I don't really need to see them again, you know? It was a comic book movie, and we didn't have any comic book movies besides Batman, I don't think. Well, you, you want to know a like, crazy stat? As a comic book movie, no comic book movie was more profitable versus budget than this until Joker last year. <laughs> wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it, <laughs> on the gross, it was more profitable against the budget than any other comic book movie until Joker. That's that's kind of amazing and and a little bit sad, but I mean, but they they throw so much money at comic book movies and when they made the mask, they absolutely stole Jim Carrey. He got paid something like $450,000 to do it mm-hmm. versus the the same year he was paid 7 million to do Dumb and Dumber. So like he got he got contracted to do the mask before he knew what he was worth at the box office. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, if he had just gone from Ace Ventura and then the, that someone came, like he wouldn't have got $7 million for for Dumb and Dumber. It's because he, two movies in a row, back-to-back hits, same year, box office, you know, things like that. Well, but no, I think, I think the star, mask was, like, he was, he was contracted for the mask and the whole movie was pretty much in the can by the time Ace Ventura came out. So he had already mm-hmm. been paid. Um, and I think I think Dumb and Dumber, I mean, it's you know, it's still in the space of one year, but maybe Dumb and Dumber was just a quick turnaround. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of post production effects and stuff like that that Dumb and Dumber probably needed because so much no. of it was practical. But but uh, somehow, like the the wave of like Jim Carrey being a superstar hadn't happened at the time that he signed this contract with New Line to make the mask. Yeah, I mean, the the comics, it's it's interesting you bring that up because, like, at the time, I didn't even know it was a comic. I was just like, oh, it's the mask, whatever. And then we found out later, it's like, oh, it's a comic book. It's like, oh, I'll have to have a look. Oh, shit. (laughs) It's like, yeah, this is not what the movie's about. Like, the the comics are probably some of the most violent, full-on, like, psychopath comics you can find. So, And the mask, like, Stanley Ipkiss is only in it for a little bit, and then he sort of gets killed and the mask moves on to other people and off it goes. So, which would actually work, I think today, like with HBO and these kinds of things, like you could do a, a show uh, that is like the mask, but do it sort of all in that sort of violent, almost scary kind of shit. Um, and the mask does sort of travel from people to person to person and, and through different people and stuff like that and see like, well, how does it affect him? And how does it affect her and all that kind of stuff? So, um, but that'd be pretty cool actually. <laughs> I'd be yeah, on board for something like that. They'll never make it. They would never. They would, like the mask no. is 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 kryptonite at this point. Like nobody's going to go near that property because the second one bombed so badly. Yeah, 
But I mean, without Jim Carrey, I mean, come on. Like, yeah, and I guess I guess they like they had planned to do a sequel right after the original Mask came out because it was super popular. And like you know that mm-hmm. movie today, they'd be making they they'd like immediately sign Jim Carrey for two more movies based on like the early buzz alone or something like that. But Jim Carrey didn't yeah. want to do it. Um, he doesn't like he didn't like he said doesn't seem to like doing sequels. Um, no, and and the mask was especially a pain in the ass for him because I think it was like four hours of makeup to get that thing on. Yeah, I remember it was one movie. I think it was Liar Liar when that came out. I think it was. I think it was that movie when they said there was like this is the first movie where Jim Carrey can just turn up and go. You know, like he doesn't have to spend four <laughs> hours in makeup. He doesn't have to have like his hair done. Um, you know, for an Alice Ventura and all that sort of stuff. How do they he, do the chip the, the chip tooth in Dumb and Dumber? Was that like he a, has a he has a chip tooth? They just took the cap off it. Oh no, kidding! That's just his yeah. real tooth. Yeah. I saw an interview with him once. He said, "Yeah, the, the tooth is real." He said it's from from an accident at school, so they just took oh. the cap off it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, the with the effects and stuff, I thought the masks when it came out, it was like, "Oh, this is cool," but yeah, it doesn't. I don't know. I don't think it holds up. It's not a bad movie, but I think especially with like kids or teenagers and stuff, I think it'd be cool to, to show them. But for me, it's it's probably the one Jim Carrey movie where I'm like, eh, of, of the, the ones that I like, um, that I'm like, yeah, I don't really need to watch The Mask again. But I'll watch I, Ace and yeah. and Dumb and Dumber and Cable Guy and all that stuff. The, the Mask aged pretty poorly. I, I think I agree with you. Like between watching these, you know, Take out the issues that we talked about with Ace Ventura. As far as just watchability goes, mm. this one was rough on another watch. Like I was finding myself having you know trouble to stay focused on it, just because it wasn't. I didn't feel entertained. Like yeah, just, like just the like I was saying before with like old righty then and all that. Like the, it's almost like the mask now when you watch it. I sort of cringe a little bit, like with the. That, you know, somebody stopped me and, you know, smoking okay. and all that. Yeah. Ah, like, okay. But then you got to remember, it's like, yeah, but when that came out, we were like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's great. But well, that, that was back when I think, like, catchphrases were, I feel like, a bigger thing at that time. Mm. Like, that was, like, right around, like, Simpsons, Calabunga and, you know. Yeah. Well, like I said, Wayne's World, Swing and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, it was all, you had to have something like that. Because it's the SNL yeah. movies of, of all that sort of stuff. So Yeah, it, it was yeah. just kind of the time where that seemed like to be a big, like you, you know, you had Arnold with, you know, I'll be Bach and stuff like that. Like, yeah, get to it, the chopper. Yeah, it, it was just the time period. But, you know, again, just overdoing it. And the other thing, and maybe it was just me watching this, but it's it's almost like they went a little off of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like with some of the wackiness mm. and stuff, like it seemed like it kind of came off that. That's still a very good movie. I watched that again a couple of months ago. So, Sam mentioned that she wants to watch well. it, so I, we might do that soon. Mm. We should definitely do that as a show because, yeah, there's a lot of it. Well, you want to talk – all right, okay. You want to talk about getting offended uh, after the fact? Oh, Let's boy. watch that movie and pick that apart. Like, hmm. <laughs> like no one will have any fun with anything ever again. But oh, no. With, with, with Roger Rabbit and the allusions to particular things that you could argue and, and, and things like that, like the whole Daffy Duck Donald Duck thing, all right. 
let's get into that and see how like <laughs> it's like no let's not let's just watch the movie for what it is it's cut hey, as uh, as john oliver reminds us ducks have corkscrew shaped penises never forget <laughs> that's why they don't wear pants yeah, um, but man, guys, I could not possibly disagree with you more um, about this movie. Like, I, what I a thought shock. Well, yeah, shock. I was, I was, I was engaged the entire time. I was laughing out loud at different moments. Little, little stupid throwaway things like when he's making the balloon animals for the thugs, and like the one guy is just like a, a couple of the, these like street thugs are like all of a sudden like really excited to get these balloon animals. I thought that was hilarious. And then there's, there's just the movie's full of little moments like that. And it's just like going from Ace Ventura to The Mask, The Mask is just like extremely well shot. There are all these like really interesting cityscapes. It's a lot of like matte paintings and stuff, but it, it creates uh, – first of all, it's called Edge City, which I think is a hilarious name that we could uh, – I could I could go on a whole tangent about uh, what, what that means today. But, uh, but Edge City looks really cool. It's got all these like weird like greens and purples and everybody everybody goes out in this kind of like – like what was very kind of cutting edge at this time, like this this kind of like twenties like swing dance revival scene where um you know you could show up to the thing in a zoot suit and like the whole I don't know the whole aesthetic like really was was cool at the time, but I think kind of holds up uh, in an interesting way because you know because the suits and the costumes and things like that were so were so over the top they become sort of like an icon of like what the nineties was even though it was never quite that. This um, movie, uh, it owes a lot to Dick Tracy. I'll say yeah. that. Because well, that movie I, I think... was a bit the same. Obviously, it was meant to be set in the 40s or whatever it is, but everyone had a coloured suit. You know, everyone was either bright blue or pink or yellow. Like, Dick Tracy is yellow, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, yeah, even though it's the 40s, it does almost have a timeless look to it. But the mask is very much uh, like that as well. Yeah. But I think that like the the Dick Tracy comparison and the and the Roger Rabbit comparison is not necessarily that the mask was ripping off of any of these things, but just like drawing inspiration from the same stuff, you know, uh, like these these old Tex Avery cartoons that were very much the inspiration for so much of the animation in Roger Rabbit was exactly what was what was was what drew Jim Carrey to the project in the first place because he liked that stuff, and and then also what. Uh, you know, what inspired the kind of like crazy faces and stuff that the mask is making for so much of the film. And so, um, and, and then the same with like, you know, the, the, the style and fashion of, uh, of Dick Tracy is you know, just, it's just kind of a throwback to this era, but then also like, you know, Dick, Dick Tracy was a cartoon on a comic strip and also like the Dick Tracy cartoons. If you go back, there's a lot, uh, talk about some problematic stuff. Like all, yeah. of, all of Dick Tracy's detectives were just these racial stereotypes <laughs> out there fighting crime. Dick Tracy never left the office. He would the guys would just call in and be like, "Okay, I got the crook." Yeah, it was like, it. "Okay, thanks, thanks, Irish cop." <laughs> so, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I don't think it ripped it. I wouldn't say it ripped off like Roger Rabbit or ripped off Dick Tracy. I just like you said, um, like you said, Tim, it, it definitely sort of inspired by and 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 those movies kind of paved the way so you could do this kind of movie. And then it's like, Oh, we've got CGI now. Oh, good. Watch this. You know, whereas at that time it was like, wow, like look at these effects. But yeah, I'm, I'm with Jared. Like now it's a bit like, cause that, cause the, the thing that is good that the, for back then, considering Jurassic Park came out the year before the CGI effects aren't like, they're not at any point trying to look real. You know, they're, they're, they're trying no. to create, sort of a, a cartoon in the real world and I think I think they succeeded that. But then um 
the, the other stuff that I just kind of like like wrote down um, that I really liked about it is just some of the some of the casting is really good. Like I think the like the bad guys could have been better. Like they're kind of they're a little flat and a little disappointing. But um, but like the, having like Boone from Animal House play the detective. He's Zed, baby, isn't he Zed? Is he is he Zed? I think so. Oh, dead, baby. Yeah, he. But but he's every single time that he would get mad at his kind of doofus partner because he's taking this thing seriously and all the other cops are completely inept. I thought I thought that was a was a good bit kind of running throughout the whole thing. Um, it was just it was just little little things like that. Like I'm not laughing so much at the the catchphrases and the over the top gags, but like those those little nuances. Like I'm watching the movie and noticing that like the dog is a really fucking good actor. Like some of the, and I guess a lot of the dog stuff was like improvised. Like when the frisbee hits Jim Carrey in the face and stuff like that. Like that was all kind of like, like just just off the cuff stuff. Just him playing with the dog, and uh, or like or like the dog like getting in his way, like getting the frisbee as he put the money back in the closet. It's all just uh, um, improvised stuff. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, a lot I get, of that stuff though. You have someone off camera being like, "Go on, get in there, get in there, go off you go." Yeah. Like to get in his way on purpose. Oh yeah, but I mean, yeah. But but yeah, that, I, I don't know. That, that was I, I was just kind of reading up on that, like a couple of examples of like just Jim Carrey kind of having a good chemistry with a dog or whatever, and the the dog winds up being a really charismatic character in the film. Um, and then uh, uh, and then obviously Cameron Diaz, I feel like she she set the bar so high for herself in this movie that I've never quite liked her as much ever again. Well, we also need to yeah, this was. Yeah, she's never looked better. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, she she was also like twenty two years old at this point. So, but can we talk about the fact that Jim Carrey in back to back movies got a pre Friends Courtney Cox and a pre pretty much anything Cameron Diaz? Like, that's two pretty big gets for the leading lady in your movies. Uh, it, looking back at it now. Yeah. And well, then, Courtney um, Cox is already in Masters of the Universe, Jared. Never forget. Oh, that's I, right. I, I apologize. Family ties, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say she wasn't a known person, but this was pre-becoming like a yeah. big get to have in your movie. Like, but but Cameron Diaz was unknown, and it wound up yeah. being like a big fight between the director and the studio, I guess, to get her because he, you know, he, they found her like on the way out the door at a modeling agency or something like that, and they were like, "We want we want her in this movie," and the studios wanted like they they had the the list of names. If you go down IMDb, it's 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 absolutely bonkers. Like there's some some choices like Jennifer Connelly that maybe kind of makes sense, but also like Anna Nicole Smith was a, a lead contender for the role. Which um, that wouldn't have surprised <laughs> that that would have definitely become a, a Who Framed Roger Rabbit comparison. <laughs> yeah, 1994 Jennifer Connelly though, like what is it? Career opportunities, Jennifer Connelly. I could see her being in this movie in the mask as that character for sure. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I mean, but, yeah, but I looked it up too. Um, she, she, you know, Dorian. She, she shows... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say Dorian, who's the bad guy for the mask. Yeah, he was um, Zed in Pulp Fiction, uh, both in 1994. So, oh man, that's oh Dorian, his biggest yeah, year not, ever as well. Not yeah. not not Boone from Animal House. That's that's where I was getting confused. I was like, wait, no, 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 Dorian. Yeah, the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, from uh, from this. He's just so a little he, uh, more menacing as as Zed, I think. Um, in, in yeah, Pulp Fiction. just a little bit. Yeah, in the, in the mask, he's got a little too much makeup. Like he looks he looks too pretty. You can kind of see the eyeliner. Like in all of his scenes. <laughs> so I mean, he had a he had a pretty big ninety ninety four as well. 
Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, it didn't survive a lot of 1994 movies. No. <laughs> Dorian is also dead, baby. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. That's what. That's if you take the gimp mask off, it's it's Jim Carrey as the mask. Yeah. <laughs> it's my other mask. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the. That was a, you, you mentioned the dog, but that was a big moment I remember in in the theater and stuff. Like when the dog gets the mask, everyone's like, "Oh, what!" Like that was sort of yeah. Um, it's kind of like the Avengers Hulk moment, you know, where like Hulk smash, you know, and off he goes, and right now everyone loves the Hulk again, all that kind of stuff. So, um, and Cuban Pete, I mean, I still I still like oh. that part just for the, the the silliness of it, just the cops starting to dance, like not. Not the lady cop that fully dances and sings with him, like we said before, but just how they'll be standing there with the guns trained on him and they just got some little shoulder jiggles and moves and stuff. Like, just sort of unknowingly getting into it because of the, the magic and stuff like that. So, and I think with, with all the superhero movies and all the comic book adaptations, there's never, there's never been another one quite like this. Even, even The Mask's own sequel. And and Saturday morning spinoff show like this, I don't know. This movie had some kind of magic to it that never never quite came back again. I also I saw one interesting bit on on uh, IMDb that the mask they ran a contest in Nintendo Power, and I'm a hundred percent sure that I entered this contest. And the grand prize was a walk on role in the mask too. Oh boy! <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and in the in the final That's issue it. of Nintendo Power, yes, yeah, <laughs> as the gimp. <laughs> In the final issue of Nintendo Power, they like they printed an apology to the person who won the walk-on role in the mask too. They're like, "Listen, this never happened. And we're sorry." No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, yeah, I, I, it's probably best they didn't make a sequel. To be honest, I mean, who knows? Maybe with if Jim Carrey got into it and behind yeah. it again, and they'd done something a bit different. Not not the same movie that they made, but like a proper. Mask Two and you know ninety seven or something like that. I, I want to say um, their idea was that was that you know Cameron Diaz was going to get the mask at some point. So okay, that, yeah. that was that was going to be one of the you know one of the sort of twists, which which is you know kind of based on what what happens in the comics. Yeah, that'd be cool. The, oh, I also the, um, I also want to shout out the uh, the newspaper reporter who uh, in like her little tiny bits of dialogue predicts the decline of newspapers uh, and the housing crisis. And we also have some stuff uh, from the mask about like the need for police body cameras. So this, this movie's woke. <laughs> Compared to... It makes up for the last one. Right. Yeah. yeah we're really uh... <laughs> sort of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the music for the mask as well is sort of like, it did do a good job with like, the mask as far as like being an iconic sort of movie character moment film whatever like everybody knows what the mask is like the green face the the, the yellow suit um you know and that music you play that music most people they might not necessarily know what it's from but you you play that main sort of jazz theme and people kind of it's familiar to people so um yeah it's definitely left its mark on on sort of pop culture and, and hollywood and all that kind of stuff yeah, and that, like that even today, really, you say to someone the mask, they know what it, you know yeah. what you mean. Whereas like, and it it launched that kind of swing revival that that you know is still mm. it's cherry like, popping daddies and all that. Yeah, kind of stuff. yeah, and, and and swing swing dancing is still hanging on out there in like in like some niche dance halls around America. You know, it's and it was it was fun, man. Like when like being able to like go to a high school dance in the late '90s and they'd play a couple of swing songs and and like we didn't really know what the hell we were doing, but we could goof off and like 
you know, act like we were, um, if if not the mask, like you know, some something at least at least uh, John Favreau. <laughs> You're so money, Tim. You don't even know yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that movie pretty much let Jim Carrey like branch out a little bit more with his comedy. Like he he's he's more than just Ace Ventura. Like he he did a you know more different kind of voices and a lot more physicality and dancing and singing and all that kind of stuff in 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 uh, in the mask. But yeah, then then we get Dumb and Dumber. And I mean, this movie won our Twitter poll as like the favorite of the three. So like, what do you guys, what do you, what about you guys? Do you, where do you place Dumb and Dumber compared to the other two? Is it your, your favorite of the three? Least favorite. Oof. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Mask is least favorite as well. What about Dumb and No, no, uh, Dumb. Least favorite, you were saying. So, Mask is your least favorite, Derek. What is Dumb and Dumber your number one or of these yeah. three? Or, or, I, I like Dumb yeah. and Dumber the best. I think that's the one I can rewatch the most. Like, I, so, I re, I had to watch Ace Venture and the Mask the last two days to be ready for this because I didn't remember them. Whereas, Dumb and Dumber, like, I can, like, remember the whole plot, like, all, like all the little points and all that so it, I don't know I thought that one was the most enjoyable for me was Dumb and Dumber yeah I mean I like Ace the best personally but I mean there's no doubt in my mind that Dumb and Dumber is probably a better all around movie from top to top uh, from top to bottom it's kind of like it's a it's a better film if you want to put it that way I would say but like yeah. I would I prefer no. Ace Ventura just for the wackiness of it yeah, I, I think Dumb and Dumber. Like, I think part of it is is what Jeff Daniels brought to it. Like, I think th- there was also a little bit more toned down Jim Carrey. I, I, he was still ridiculous and stuff, but I think it toned down a little bit more, and it went just more, rather than as much physical comedy and the facial stuff. It was more just goofball. And I think I liked that a little bit more, and the whole trying to figure out the briefcase stuff and all that like, i think i like the story the plot line better through that like i don't know it just seemed more enjoyable to me like it is more rewatchable well it's a lot different this one as well because like now jim carrey is one of two leads in the movie as opposed to ace ventura and the mask where it's it's the jim carrey show whereas this one and i mean jeff daniels holds his own pretty well up against Jim Carrey in this movie. Like he's lightning in a bottle at them at that point in his career. And, and yet now you've got like, you think, well, how's Jeff Daniels ever going to stand up against next to, to Jim Carrey in this movie, but he's, he's pretty bloody funny. And he's, he's, I would say he's as funny as Jim Carrey, but it's, it's just a different way. Like Harry's very different to Lloyd. So, um, but I mean, right from the start, the movie, makes good on its title with the whole dumb and dumber thing with Lloyd trying to pick up the girl and at the, um, with his limo, you know, like, Oh, good day, mate. Cause she, she says it from Austria. That, you know? yeah, that, do you have any great coupon? <laughs> yeah. And the whole, you know, let's throw another shrimp on the bar. It's just like, you know, right. And she just like, she says, yeah, off you go. She just gets rid of him. But then he could have, you know, you're talking about the, um, the women in the movies so far, like uh, Jared, like this movie, you got Lauren Holly as well, who sort of was a big deal for a while. 
And I mean, obviously, like Lloyd falls in love with her straight away and then gets embroiled in the ransom plot with the briefcase, like you said. So I think, oh, I think it's just the whole like getting the characters into place and the craziness of the plot and the misunderstandings. I think it works really well how to yeah. sort of uh, how, it, how it kicks off the movie. And then, and then once they're on the road, it's just, yeah, funny yeah. scene after funny scene, most mostly. Yeah, and I think some of the catchphrases and lines from it hold up better. Like, so you're telling me there's a chance, and, like, just when yeah. I think you can't get any dumber, you do something like this and completely redeem yourself. Like, th- those ones, like, I feel like hold up better over time than just the catchphrases. Like, that and... I, I still think it was hilarious when the bird... The dead bird with the blind kid. That... As bad as that sounds, oh. that... That and then on the little uh, the scooter that where they're where they're riding on the scooter and he pisses and they freeze to each other. That took a lot of balls to have that in that movie. Like <laughs> the Petey and the little the blind kid, like pretty bird, pretty bird. Like yeah. even back then, like that took some balls to put in the fucking movie. Like yeah. it's so funny, but it's so wrong. But yeah, fucking silly. I still laugh at it. Yeah. And just the whole thing with Harry where he's like, oh, you know, um, Petey's dead. It's like his head fell off. <laughs> and that's like uh, Jim Carrey's reaction where he, he basically goes, oh, yeah, well, he was pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, what? <laughs> that and then I, I still think, you know, uh, uh, serving people laxative as a as a prank is still a great one, and it's going to make me laugh every time. I know it's juvenile, and I know I sound like Brian right now, but <laughs> but making somebody shit uncontrollably as a you know payback prank is pretty good. Does anybody have, do you yeah. have a favorite movie laxative gag? Is it is it just this one? Who I'm trying to think of the other ones. Like what American else? Pie had a pretty solid one. Yeah. Um trying to think like nothing's popping to my mind like i like i haven't thought about what are my favorite movie laxative gags i feel like it's more of a tv show gag than it is movie one yeah i'm not coming up with anything Mm. stay stay tuned bridesmaids bridesmaids oh yes bridesmaids that one was good oh well this is an imdb uh So, so, Shout out oh, to IMDb. We, Thank you, IMDb. Wedding Crashers had one. Who gets? Is it Bradley Cooper gets the laxative in that one? I think oh, so. I forgot he was even in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they did. Mm. They they got the uh, bad guys in Three Ninjas with the laxative. Yeah, those assholes had it coming. Yeah. I don't think I've even seen that. <laughs> Three Ninjas. <laughs> that one with Hulk Hogan. No, 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 no. Um, what am I thinking of? I don't know. Suburban Commando? Nah, he's in a ninjas movie. I'm sure. Is like he? three ninjas. Like maybe he's in like three ninjas two or something like that. I don't know. They made a lot of three ninjas movies. There's at least yeah. four. <laughs> There's four three ninjas. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that laxative thing though, Jared, that's like another case of where like you get a Jim Carrey uh, character who's like not really on paper. He's not likable. Like Lloyd is a dick. Oh. Like a lot, and 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 like the laxative thing, and like he's constantly screwing Harry over. Like 
he rats on Harry with the salt in the diner. You know, he's just pointing at him like it was him, it was him. And then when the the big guys like confronts him, and he, Harry doesn't do anything. And then you know, Lloyd is like, "Wow, you really wimped out and all that sort of shit." Like he he's just a complete prick. <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah. is he the is he the villain of this movie? Is he the is he the bad guy of his own buddy road movie? <laughs> kind of like he's you know I mean yeah it's it's he's he's not a good person whereas Harry is you know like Harry yeah. is a good person who's just dumb whereas Lloyd is dumb and a prick. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to laugh at him and you still gonna like him anyway. So yeah, but yeah, I mean. It, Again, just going through some some notes I made, like of, of things that stood out to me. I mean, the whole thing with them annoying uh, the hitman guy with Mockingbird. <laughs> the most annoying sound in the world. <laughs> yeah, and then, then 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 the annoying sound in the world. Yep, and then of course they play a prank on him. Uh, you know, oh, we'll put peppers or whatever and jalapenos in his burger, and of course it kicks off his uh, whatever it is, his ulcer or whatever. And, yeah, and then, and then they hit like, him the rat poison instead the of rat his poison. Burger. Yeah. <laughs> See, that kind of stuff, I love that sort of, like, accidental brilliance that a lot of movies have. Like, it's very Pink Panther and, and that sort of stuff where, um, you know, like, the, the everyone else thinks this person is brilliant. It's like, really, no, they're just lucky. And, and, and like, this accidental buffoon type of thing. So um, that, was, that was funny. It still made me laugh. Um, Harry's whole, like, date that he has with Mary where they're um, – <laughs> You know the snowman. She hands him the the carrot and the and the coal, and he puts them on as like dick and balls <laughs> instead of the face. And her reaction of just like, no, oh, Harry, like <laughs> like any other date, that would it's over, you know. <laughs> but she just laughs it off. Um, the, the I mean, probably one of the most iconic things from the movie is the tuxedos. Yes, and that whole scene, like. Um, you know, and Jim Carrey, how he cleverly sprays the, uh, what is it, like the mouth spray? He has it wrong. He's yeah. spraying people in the face with it by accident, which, um, or maybe it's not an accident because Lloyd's such a dick. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, um, I love those tuxedos. That was a big thing. I'm sure that, like, with you guys having proms and stuff like that over there, which we sort of have, but not really, I'm sure that was a massive thing. My my, uh, my prom was ten time. years after this movie, but that was a nice try. Well, not you, but I mean in America <laughs> oh, in general. Yeah. I'm sure there were millions of Americans that were like, "Let's do the Dumb and Dumber uh, tuxedos at our prom," and then twenty other people did the same thing. I don't know if I don't think the tuxedo shops at the time were like smart enough to capitalize on like let's because I feel like if that movie came out today, the men's warehouse would have like the Dumb and Dumber tuxedo option. Like it would be a, a like a marketing thing. Yeah. No all women's one to be like sexy dumb and dumber costume. Like all that <laughs> sort of shit. Yeah. <laughs> sexy Joker and sexy, you know, Batman and all that shit. Oh, sexy jokers. Oh yeah. <laughs> give, give, um, give me give me the sexy Leto Joker, not the sexy Joaquin Phoenix Joker, goddammit. Oh God. Leto. It's awful. I, I, I did like the uh, the another thing from this the IOUs in uh, in the briefcase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. That, that one's a just car. as good as mine. I want to hold on to that one. <laughs> I'll pay it back. I'm good for it. <laughs> That's as good as cash, my friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the the dog van is is good 
to yeah. start off the movie, I thought. But then uh, later when they um, they split up and, and, you know, Lloyd comes back on the little scooter, like that, that is that leads to a lot of funny shit I find in the movie. Like, you know, they just straight swap the van for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they get, and then they, they get to, where is it? Vermont. Is that where they go? Um, anyway, Aspen. the mountains. Aspen, yeah. Aspen's in uh, Colorado. They, if, if you're not familiar with America, they don't really make it very clear where the fuck they are because they don't know. And that's part of the gag. <laughs> yeah. But they're, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're trying and to go they're... to Colorado. <laughs> from a, they start out they start off in Providence, Rhode Island, I think. Oh, okay. Right. Um, but yeah, just when they arrive in town and like they're both freezing and just the boogers spray across their face, like it's so stupid, but it just it makes me laugh. And then of course, you know, Harry is stuck to Lloyd as they he throws him to him as they get up, which is you know there's some good physical comedy in this movie as well. So. And then the, um, the ending, the turning down the option to be the oil boys. Oh yeah, I was gonna say just before we get to that, the um, Lloyd's whole fantasy sequence, where he's like married to Mary and the oh, kung yeah. fu, and all that stuff. But yeah, um, but yeah, that ending, that that the end of that movie, I think is is some of the funniest, like not necessarily like laugh out loud hilarious like funny moment but that whole thing where yeah like the bus the bus full of models turn up and they're like oh we need an oil boy and they're like you're in luck there's a town just down the road <laughs> like, it, and then of course lloyd's like what have you done you you know and then stops them and there's like we're sorry like my friend is an idiot the town is that way like <laughs> just like that is i don't know to me like that's just really good writing like it's so clever it, it, it's um, stuff like yeah. that that's why i think this movie is the best of the three it's just it's just yeah. the little things about how they're constantly playing the character is <laughs> just being idiots and, and you like, know that ending like for a movie that's all kind of like sight gags and funny voices and well not necessarily funny voices but like jim carrey being jim carrey and and and, and jeff daniels being sort of this goofy head sort of dummy like that's probably the most to me that's like the clever like here's a nice little well an actually well written clever joke and it and that ends the movie like they go out on that it's not like it's not overplayed or, or, or over the top it's just really clever like that that could be any other two characters in any other movie then it wouldn't have to necessarily be a jim carrey joke type of thing so yeah i, I think that's just really well done but um but yeah, overall, I think I think Dumb and Dumber is probably is probably like the quote unquote the best film of the three. But I, I if I was going to watch one of them like right now, if I hadn't just watched them, I would I would probably watch Ace Ventura. But yeah, but Tim, I can see why you like The Mask though, Tim. Like it's you you're like a big production guy. Like it looks good and it's shot really well. Yeah, and, you, you know, know if, the, if if a movie wins an award for visual effects, Tim thinks it's fantastic. <laughs> You know the um, uh, well, it didn't win an award for hair and makeup, Jared, but uh, it was it was nominated for best visual effects for the Oscar, and it lost to Forrest Gump because you know, that that fucking feather man, it looked just looked so good. <laughs> and the um, ball. Yeah. But all of the Fairly Brothers, all the Fairly Brothers movies, and 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 Dumb and Dumber included, there's I don't know something about the jokes like don't feel fully baked to me or like the characters don't they they just don't seem real and it's like i almost i feel naive even thinking this thought because i live in a country where donald trump is the fucking president 
but it's hard for me to believe that anybody could be this stupid. You, you don't I, socialize with the public enough. I think maybe that's part of it, man. I, like I need to get down from my ivory tower more often. Um, but uh, I mean, this stupid is a little hard. It's a little over exaggerated, but it's not far off either. You, and, and, and you, like, you very well could be right. Like I like just, just, just listening to myself talk. I'm like, actually, yeah, this, this is probably like just slightly below average for, for what we've got going in America. But, um, I think, uh, what also brings me back to the mask is like, th- that's a Jim Carrey character that I can actually like kind of relate to. Like Ace Ventura is just so, so far gone, like almost a sociopathic level of like performance. And, and then, and then Lloyd is like Greg said, he's so stupid, but also a dick. It's like, there's like the, the only, the only Jim Carrey that, that like, like kind of breaks through to me is, is, is Stanley Ipkiss. And that's, well, he's, I don't know yeah, if, he's the most like a normal person. Yeah. Um, you can see like that kind of person exists. Then he gets the mask and then, okay, he, it, it's a fantasy character, but yeah, nobody's really like Ace Ventura. Like nobody's really like Lloyd and Harry. I don't know. Harry. I, I, I mean, think nobody is, was is, like is, Ace I, Ventura. I, I, like, and then I watched Tiger King and maybe I'm not so sure anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there, there might very well be like a lot of Lloyd Christmases out there. Yeah, um, it's, and maybe, maybe that's that's where like I, I just don't want to, like I don't want to believe that like Shallow Hal is a real person, and that's why I'm put off by the Farrelly Brothers movies in general. <laughs> yeah, I mean. The Farrelly brothers, they do a lot of, I mean, me, myself and Irene, I, I would probably, to me, I would think that's probably my favorite Jim Carrey movie of all of them for just outright laughs. Um, liar, liar is pretty good too. Yeah. That's, that's not bad. I like that too, but yeah, I don't know if I had to pick one, I mean, I need to rewatch it again, but I, I always remember liking me, myself and Irene probably the best, like as an all around movie and just this the back and forth where he's you know was he's hank is the uh the the nutcase one i can't remember the the main guy's name harry is it harry again is he harry in that too i don't know i, don't I can't remember. remember his name anyway i'm the, surprised uh, nobody's just, mentioned cable guy you know that was such i a like fantastic- cable guy well that's what i've got in this like the, they did um he did sort of after after well, what he's Batman Forever, like we said, the, and then the Ace Ventura when Nature Calls, and then yeah, Cable Guy and Liar Liar. Like Cable Guy got a lot of shit, but I think people just weren't expecting it to be what it was. People were like, oh, like he's the villain in that movie, right? So like, I think people were like, oh, it's kind of weird. Like it, what? It's it's a bit. It's a lot darker. Um, whereas I think if that movie came out today, it would be it would have been received a lot better. But I, I like Cable Guy. Yeah. I really like one, it. One thing about Cable Guy is that, like, like uh, in the in the fall, I finally like when the Cable Guy came out, I was like, "Holy shit, this Medieval Times thing is a real restaurant." But there wasn't like the closest one to me was like five hours away in Chicago, and I'm like, I'm, you know, it'd be a tough sell to convince anybody to go up there with me. And and, and so, uh, like last year, they finally opened a Medieval Times here in Arizona, and I we went for my son's birthday, and it was fucking cool it's really awesome you know just by mentioning going to medieval times on birthdays you're gonna anger derek uh yeah uh (laughs) sorry about your birthday derek i am gonna bake you a pie my man i promise but uh yeah cable guy is directed by ben stiller as well if i'm remembering 
Yeah, correctly. I think I think it was. I think I think it was right around the same time he did this. And what was the um? Uh, reality bites. No, what's the, the? Did he direct that? Did direct that. What is it? Yeah. The, I think. the the superhero one uh, where they were. Oh, Mystery Men. Mystery Men, yes. That was a little bit later, I think. Mystery Men's like ninety nine, I think. Oh, was it? Okay. Um, yeah. So, that, uh, but uh, that's great. That movie, I love that movie. Now, I have a question for you guys based on kind of, we're talking about Jim Carrey, you know, and all the comedy roles. I don't know if it's just me or for you guys. Do you like him more doing comedy or more doing his more serious stuff? It's like, I think Jared, he's better. my notes. Oh. Yeah. Fine well then, either way. Well done, sir. <laughs> I think he's very underrated as an actual actor. He just can't get out of his own way. That's the way I see it. He has to throw in like some kind of weird shit or whatever. When he plays it straight, though, he he, he is actually a good actor. Because I, uh, I think Truman Show and Liar or, or not Liar, um, Man on the Moon are Man on the Moon is fantastic. Two of his best works. Like Man on the Moon is just that is a really good show and I, or movie. And Truman Show was very solid as well. Like even when he did um, was it the number twenty three. Which is a little mm. more, you know, of a, of a mental thriller. I thought that one was good too. Yeah, I agree. I think. I mean, I think the problem with the number twenty three is that it was directed by Joel Schumacher. That's the problem. <laughs> he had nipples on his suit. He had nipples um, on his shirt. Just on... <laughs> but I mean, Joel Joel Schumacher is a very good director. He just has no place in directing comic book movies well at the time he had no place in directing a comic book movie because he basically uh made it a toy commercial which to be fair he was probably told to do that but that was what the studio wanted after Batman. and he didn't take it seriously at all i mean not that it's i mean you don't have to take it seriously as if it's shakespeare but in the movie itself you have to you know obviously treat it as if it's a legit thing it is shakespeare god damn it ben affleck says batman is the american hamlet never forget (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he, and Batman's mother, whose name escapes me for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um but yeah, so that movie's pretty good. I just think it it's it's I won't give it away, but it's it's the ending of that movie and the resolution of it, like the twist or whatever you want to call it, it it was another one of the same type of thing that we've had before and sort of three or four of them in quick succession like there's a johnny depp movie that obviously you know um things like that. i just think that's what sort of let it down a little bit but yeah that was pretty good i i think um uh the, the majestic that he did as well about the theater that was that wasn't too bad that was uh, wasn't this great movie but i think it sort of got overlooked quite a yep. lot by a lot of people because they're like oh it's another jim carrey drama i'll skip it but it's actually like he plays that pretty straight that's pretty good although the and, hipsters um, who are who were hung on this long are, are like really angry at us for not having mentioned eternal sunshine of the spotless mind by now just about to say like that seems to be the go-to for people when they say like no jim if like anyone that's jumping on the the you know the, the soapbox and and shouting about like no jim carrey's a fantastic dramatic actor god damn it like that's the movie that they point to. I would say. I think in the in the early days of social media profiles, when 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 everybody was first getting on Facebook and MySpace, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind 
seemed like the a, a really popular choice among my friends. And 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 this, I, I don't know. This 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 says something about this thought bubble that prevents me from believing in Dumb and Dumber, obviously. But a very popular choice among my friends for like favorite movie to put at the very top of your social media profile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's sort of like the, I don't know. It's his. It's weird to say, like it's Jim Carrey's Big Lebowski. Like it's his cult movie, you know. Like everyone, oh, I well, love Jim. I love Jeff Bridges. He's in, he's in well, Jim, uh, Big Lebowski. What else is he in? Oh, I don't know. You I know, don't, like I it's, don't think. It's, I, I don't think there's enough. Like, not that it's a comedy, but you know what I mean. Like when you write a, if you're writing a like a magazine profile on Jim Carrey, you don't lead with Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind the way that no. this this article that I just read yesterday in the Costco Connection, my favorite magazine, uh, was talking about Jeff Bridges as the dude. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, check that out in the Costco connection if you get that one. I mean, everyone's everyone's sort of got their one character like people point to uh, more than anyone else. Like you know, if you say who's Michael Keaton, people will go like, "Hey, Batman." Okay, right. Or Beetlejuice, one or the other. Um, you know, things like that. Like uh, so. With Jim Carrey, who would you say is his? Like, if you were like, if someone said to you, "Who's Jim Carrey?" What would you say? Would you say Ace Ventura, or would you say he's the Mask? I would say Ace Ventura. I would say Ace Ventura is just like, like the most Jim Carrey. It seems like the like of all of these characters, mm. uh, it's it's hard to imagine anybody else in any of these roles. But without without Jim Carrey, there is no Ace Ventura. I, I might I might go Dumb and Dumber because I think that was that's still the more widely acknowledged one. Yeah, because well, because I think that that Jim Carrey, uh, Adam Sandler has a lot of this in his characters too, where like no matter how goofy and over the top they are, there's still this like heart of gold mm. underneath. And I feel like that's kind of that's sort of fundamental to I think what Jim Carrey conveys. Lloyd Christmas does not have that at all. Like he's, I don't <laughs> think there's a he's <laughs> under underneath it all. He's just like he's completely like a soft prick. Um, but but you know Ace, Ace Ventura at, at least at the end of the day like he's 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 highly competent. He loves animals and that's I don't know that's enough. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh, he, has a, he has and, some and, kind and of he, conscience, yeah. He's a, and and, and he's, he's good in bed. You know he's good in bed, so there's that. <laughs> Ready to go again. Yep. <laughs> Three times. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, I mean, after, I would say, probably Bruce Almighty, it's not real good for Jim Carrey, really. <laughs> I don't think when you look at... Uh, Look at a lot of his uh, his movies after that. He um well he he's kind of bounced back. He got a it lot of accolades out for, real well. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog like made a bunch of money and he's pretty good. He's not like okay. you know not not who you would expect to play like the you know the big fat you know Doctor Robotnik character from the Sonic the Hedgehog games. But he like he comes in with that same kind of manic energy. The whole shtick is that like he is in charge of everything because he's the smartest person in the room. And it's like if you try to talk any shit to him, he's going to have like five drones on you in two seconds, like <laughs> j- just that kind of thing. But but as smart as he is, like he's constantly kind of undone by just sort of like the the small town nice charm of James Marsden, like again and again. Uh, and that really just kind of like 
drunk and crazy throughout the movie until like you know Sonic the Hedgehog eventually banishes into some alternate dimension. Um, but it's like he 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 does well in that that movie. Uh, I think Jared and I both went and saw that Valentine's Day weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 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 Jim Carrey does like he does well. And so I don't I don't know if that fully constitutes like a comeback. Uh, but it's I, I I think he's kind of on the radar, and it wouldn't surprise me if like we start seeing him. You know, if they ever start making and releasing more movies again, uh, if we start seeing him in uh, like on the marquee a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, we spoke about like how he doesn't really do sequels before. Like he did do Ace Ventura, but it didn't. I don't think it came out as well as people hoped or expected. And then, of course, he did Dumb and Dumber too as well. But uh, I didn't like that at all. I thought it was pretty shit. <laughs> Let's put it this way: I saw it and I forgot about it. Yeah, I was like, I never, uh, I never this even is bad. Saw it. Like this isn't, this isn't working. I was just like, ah, maybe it's because it's twenty years later, and I don't know. But yeah, um, I haven't seen any of this this TV show kidding that he's got either. Yeah, no, I haven't I seen any of that. that yet. But I hear, I hear different things. Some people seem to think it's fantastic. Some people are like, oh, it's terrible. So I don't know. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, and he was he was executive producer on this Showtime series called I'm Dying Up Here, which was about like the sort of gritty uh, L.A. stand up comedy scene in the 70s. Um, and uh, I, I didn't finish that show, but I liked it quite a bit. It's just it's just like heavy. You know, it's like there's the end of comedy, there's jokes, but then also it just like it just like punches you in the soul every episode. Yeah, that's yeah, probably not the, the show to be watching at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I wouldn't. People are probably looking for a bit more light here, lightheartedness. So, but yeah, but I mean, yeah, nineteen ninety four was pretty massive year for movies in general, like we said, and especially for Jim Carrey. So, I mean, you know, if you if you're isolated at home and you're looking for some comedies to watch, we definitely would recommend uh, Ace Ventura, of course, and then The Mask and and Dumb and Dumber. So, and then you can go and watch whatever else, Cable Guy, Liar Liar, and and all that, and 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 see what you think so but yeah what do you think i think we've, we've pretty much gone through the uh the uh list of ace of jim no face ventures of jim carries <laughs> <laughs> you're right tim uh <laughs> his films but yeah any other sort of highlights or standouts that you think we might have missed yes uh Wait, did I mention this already? I don't even remember. Fucking Hector Salamanca for Breaking Bad is his landlord in Ace Ventura. Oh, yeah. Like, this yeah. Guy, that guy walks up and I'm like, I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> it's terrifying. It's like Ventura. Yes, yeah. Satan. <laughs> yeah, he's in a lot of stuff, that guy. Um, this sort of pops up. Because I remember when we turned up in Breaking Bad, I'm like, oh, that's that guy. Like, he's in lots of stuff. What's he in? I don't know. I can't remember. But he's in lots of things. Yeah. <laughs> he's not like Zed, but yeah. <laughs> Zed's dead, man. Zed's dead, baby. <laughs> all right. Also from 94, like we said. Uh, which, of course, you go back to all the way back to episode three of Unfunny No Tangent if you want to hear us talk about Pop Fiction. So. Uh, and uh, Shawshank Redemption also is one of my 40 for 40s so that was a while ago but yeah we'll have to get to that Jared once you've ever seen it we'll um, maybe do a Shawshank slash Green Mile Stephen King prison movie double feature 
<laughs> directed by Frank Tarabond. <laughs> That'll be a, a winner. But yeah, but anyway, until then, uh, you guys can follow us all on Twitter, starting with the show at Unfunny End Tangent. I'm a Greg T13, which is G R E I G T 13. Jared's at Superjuice 75. Tim is at Tim Agni, and also at attackofthedad.com. I imagine there's, you got lots of stuff to post on that website at the moment, Tim, since you're trapped inside. I, I haven't updated that um, website, I think, since we started doing this show. <laughs> well, get on it. But, you do. Yeah. But, but I think that yeah, the, the content holds up. I think that, that is, the, is the point. <laughs> if you're staying at home with kids, just go back and read it all. That's it. You got, you got time. Yeah. So why not? In between Tiger King episodes. But uh, as always, all the roads lead to the steel, at the steel cage unfunnynerdtangent.com and of course thesteelcageshop.com where you can buy a Mon Milf t t-shirt uh, because yeah she's even hotter than 1994 Cameron Diaz so get on that anyway having said all that this has been ni- episode 94 of Unfunny Nerd Tangent my name is Greg and for Jared and Tim thanks so much for listening and remember kids if I'm not back in five minutes just wait longer wait Hey, mate. <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the barbie.